When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pensburg Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Bahanna, and as always, alongside me is fellow Pensburg writer Robbie Noggle. Robbie, how have you been since last week's episode? Uh, not too bad, Garrett. Um, not much really going on. It's been kind of a slowish week for the Penguins um, overall. I mean, they had four days off, and just getting back into action tonight as we record this, but plenty of news to cover. Yeah, the the Penguins did have a quite a hefty chunk of time off in terms of game action, but that does not mean that the Penguins were not making headlines. Uh, we will address that momentarily, but first let's get into the recap segment here. We'll start with the, the game that the Penguins played on October 28th against the Calgary Flames. The Flames were off to a very hot start out of the gate, and with this victory over the Penguins on this night, they improved to 5-1-1. One, and one. Really, this game, Robbie, uh, I didn't catch a lot of it, but I, what I do remember is that this game really came down to the goaltender for the Calgary Flames stopping uh, stopping 45 shots, 45 saves, a 45-save a shutout for Calgary goaltender Jacob Markstrom. Absolutely no offense for the Penguins in this one. Calgary scores four goals, wins 4 nothing. three of the goals coming in the third period. But Johnny Gaudreau gets the Flames uh, gets the Flames going here with his first goal of the season at the 7.22 mark of the first period. Uh, Calgary out to a one nothing lead. No scoring in the second period to report of. However, Blake Coleman gets his third goal of the season, the second for the Flames on this night at the 104 mark of the third period. Dylan Dubé gets his first goal of the season. Calgary out to a 3-0 lead by the halfway point of the third period. And about 90 seconds or so later, Milan Lucic gets his second goal of the season. And Calgary extends their lead to 4-0. Robbie, like I mentioned, really nothing was going to get past Jacob Markstrom on this night. And with not really a lot of offense to show for from the Penguins, they did get 45 shots on goal. You'd think that they would get maybe one or two, a couple of goals in there. Uh, That was not to be the case as Calgary comes in and continues their hot start as the Penguins continued to uh, go on, on a little bit of an up and down roller coaster so far in the early part of the season. What do you make of the Penguins and Flames game from October 28th? Yeah, the Penguins definitely had their chances, except Jacob Markstrom was just a unbeatable uh, last Thursday night when they played this game. And you're going to gain games like that. The Penguins will eventually get um, a few uh, a few games like that as well, where their goalie just they get outplayed, but goalie just stands on his head, faces 35, 40, 45 shots, and just uh, kind of 
steals the game. And uh, that's what happened to the Penguins in this game. Um, they were right in it until really the end of the game. Um, but they, they kept fighting. They just couldn't get that uh, that early goal to kind of tie the game. And I think that changes uh, a lot of how that game plays out if they can get that tying goal rather than um, playing from behind the entire time. And then Calgary gets some insurance, and then it just kind of goes from there, and the Penguins can't recover. And then that's just an, another drop game. And I mean, overall, of all the games um, that the Penguins played, uh, this was – despite the result, one of the better ones, I thought. Um, they produced shots. They produced offensive opportunities. It's just the puck, Markstrom was tracking the puck really well. He was, like, he was playing uh, with a beach ball. And he, you get games like that, and you kind of just have to shrug your shoulders and move on to the next one. October 30th against division rival New Jersey Devils. Uh, the Devils uh, would take this game by a score of 4-2. to two. The Penguins would fall to 3-3-2 three, three, and two on the season. New Jersey had 40 shots on goal to Pittsburgh's 35, so it wasn't for really a lack of trying on either side here. Pittsburgh goes 0-5 on the power play, uh, not something you obviously like to see. Uh, Danton Heinen gets the Penguins and the scoring of the game going. His fourth goal of the season, his fourth goal, in a Penguins uniform at the 12:23 mark of the first period, Pittsburgh out to a one nothing lead. However, Andreas Janssen would get his second goal of the season and get the equalizer for the Devils at the 19:23 mark of the first period, right before the period comes to an end. Both teams head into the locker room tied at one. Coming out into the second period, at the 17:57 mark of the second period, a short-handed goal. Uh, by Jimmy Vesey, former New York Ranger and Buffalo Sabre. Jimmy Vesey uh, gets his second goal of the season. Again, a shorthanded goal. Obviously not something the Penguins are keen on giving up. Vesey gets his second goal of the season. New Jersey out to a 2-1 lead. And that would be all the scoring in the second period. Brock McGinn would tie the game for the Penguins at the 2:02 mark of the third period. Pittsburgh answers back as McGinn gets his second goal of the season. Fast forward to the 17-minute mark of the third period. Jesper Brott scores on Robbie. What I, if I recall correctly, was a penalty shot. New Jersey takes a 3-2 lead over Pittsburgh. Andreas Janssen would get uh, his second goal of the game, third of the season. Third of the season. And make the score four to two, New Jersey over Pittsburgh at the eighteen seventeen mark of the third period. New Jersey Devils four to two. Uh, from what I recall, Robbie, the the penalty shot in question that was given to Jesper Brott really was the turning point for the rest of the game as New Jersey took the lead there after McGinn got the equalizer in the third period to level the game at 2-2. Jesper Jesper Brott scores on the penalty shot, and Andreas Janssen puts the finishing touches on everything. Uh, But, Robbie, what did you make of the Penguins' loss to the Devils on October 30th? Yeah, for as good as the Penguins were against Calgary, just getting the bad luck, the Penguins were... They did not play a good game against the Devils, and they ended up paying for it in a big way. They got the early lead, but overall just not a good performance from the Penguins on Saturday night. And you can debate whether or not they made the correct call on the penalty shot. I think it was 50-50 at best. I don't think he was uh, completely clear on the play. I really don't think that um, the penalty should have been called, but he just kind of accepted, and unfortunately... 
uh, Brat scored uh, with a nifty move on the penalty shot, and then that was late in the game, and they just kind of were able to ice it from there with uh, an empty netter a few moments later. So overall, just not a, this was not a good showing from the Pens, even if the scoreboard had them in had them in the game. They weren't at close to their best, and this was the return of Crosby. This was a a big night for them, and they really looked disjointed. Crosby, you expected to probably be a little rusty. Uh, he didn't play his best game, but I mean, he had he hasn't played hockey since uh, since May, and he didn't get a full training camp because of the wrist injury. So he just been kind of working himself back in. I'm not really too worried about Sid uh, overall, and obviously he won't. He's not playing this evening or uh, perhaps for the next couple games with uh, COVID issues, but. I mean, it's another tough loss, especially a loss to a division team. When you le- when it looked like you at least had a point uh, wrapped up by going to overtime, but uh, the Penguins dropped that one, and suddenly they were at the bottom of the Metro Division standings uh, at the end of the week, and that's not a place you want to be. Uh, but hopefully they can pull themselves out of it uh, with a couple wins here. No, Robbie, as you said, the Metro is certainly a tough division, if not the toughest division in the NHL. And uh, the Penguins, uh, as we record right now, currently sit at 3-3-2. Three, three, and two. and Robbie, the, the biggest headline, as we, as we mentioned at the start of the show, wasn't anything that happened uh, in terms of uh, game action. It, it, and over the last uh, 48 to 72 hours or so at the time of recording, uh, the Penguins have been dealing with a surge of COVID cases. Most recently, Sidney Crosby and Brian Dumoulin have tested positive for COVID-19. They will enter the NHL's COVID protocol and will be out for, I believe, what is at least a 10-day period, Robbie. So as you mentioned, Sid and Dumoulin are likely to uh, miss the next couple of games. And right before we started, we hit the record button, Robbie. It was announced that head coach Mike Sullivan has also entered the NHL's COVID protocol. That does not mean he has tested positive for the virus. However, he has entered the league's COVID protocol. So he is not behind the bench for the the Penguins' uh, most recent game, most current game against the Philadelphia Flyers. And that's something, Robbie, that uh, obviously has to be addressed. And that's something that we're going to switch gears and talk about now. So Crosby and Dumoulin have recently tested positive. Other players within the Penguins locker room that have come into contact with the virus include the likes of Chris Letang, Jake Gensel, Marcus Pedersen, Chad Ruedel. Uh, obviously this was going to be a built-in risk to this season and it's a built-in risk for all of professional sports uh, who are going to decide to forge on with their respective seasons and their respective leagues so let's let's talk about it from the Penguins perspective here uh, the, the, they're obviously getting some pretty constant roster turnover and churning guys are coming in and out and uh, most notably, P.O. Joseph is back from Wilkes-Barre Scranton. He is in the lineup as the Penguins battle the Philadelphia Flyers. Sidney Crosby is out after just playing one game, and Jeff Carter retakes first-line center duties. Uh, Robbie, how can the Penguins sustain this kind of roster turnover and possibly still be competitive in what we mentioned is an already extremely competitive 
Metropolitan Division sitting at 3-3-2. They were at the bottom of the Metropolitan Division standings. What will the Penguins have to do? Will they have to rely on a more defensive structure? Will they have to rely on getting more production from Tristan Jari? Hopefully Jari doesn't go out uh, into the COVID protocols as well. That's something you obviously don't want to see. And to make matters worse, from an on-ice perspective, Robbie, you're obviously not getting a ton of offense from guys like Kasperi Kapanen and Jake Gensel at the moment either. So, Robbie, if you're the head coach of the Penguins with everything that's going on in that locker room right now, what are you telling your team to try and rally the troops and, and try and get as many points, fight for as many points as you can early on in the season? Yeah, it's everything is going to be so hard right now with – the roster just there's no stability with the roster with guys going in and out of the lineup because of COVID or injuries right now COVID's really demoralizing this team to the point where the head coach isn't even there for this evening's game against the Flyers and we don't even know depending on if he tests positive or not we may not even have him behind the bench uh, for the foreseeable future as well so there's just so much right now that's going to be uh unknown about this team until they get a healthy roster on the ice consistently and you get Crosby back from one game and now you know that he's out for at least 10 days you have Brian Dumoulin is out Pedersen is out Ruedel is out Mike Sullivan is is he's not a player but he's still a crucial part of what the Penguins do and just because Todd Raiden's there doesn't mean they're going to change the entire system for for like a week, but again, Sullivan's not there. You you just hope now that that you don't lose more guys. You don't lose a a Gensel or and Rust is just getting ready to come back from injury. You hope that you don't lose him to uh, to COVID. You hope you don't lose Zucker. You need some kind of stability in the lineup, and the Penguins so far have not got that at all this season, and. It's unfortunate, and that's kind of why they are in the position they, position they are right now with a tough stretch coming up that they're going to have to find a way to win uh, one way or another just to get some points until they can get a full roster. And how they play, you just got to play with what you got. And luckily, Mike Sullivan, his system kind of allows for that. But at the same time, you still need your superstars in the lineup at some point. So you just hope that they can figure out a way just to stack points a little by little until your gun, your big guns come back uh, and this COVID situation kind of washes over. That's really all you can do. You play the system that Mike Sullivan has in place. You play a game like you saw them play against Tampa Bay in that opener, a defensive game, a heavy four checking game, and you rely on your depth to, to come through. And so far that's worked for the Penguins at times this year. And we just now have to hope that it continues uh, once again, as the season rolls along now, because as long as these guys are going down to COVID issues, it's completely different than an injury because they can't be anywhere practicing. They can't be staying in game shape as best as possible. They are away from the team, away from the facility. So, until they can get a stable roster on the ice, the Penguins just have to keep doing what they've been doing, getting contributions from where they can, and hope that this passes over without too much more damage before the season really gets away from them uh, in the Metro Division. 
Well, it's certainly going to be a story that we're going to be monitoring over the next uh, 7 to 10 to 14 days. Uh, you can get all the latest news updates from the Penguins on the Penguins at Pensburg.com for the latest news updates regarding the uh, regarding the latest COVID diagnosis from the team. Uh, Robbie, there, obviously not, not a ton to talk about in terms of game action, and I felt like that was the most pressing issue at hand, uh, talking about the, the, the surge in COVID in the Penguins locker room. So we will switch gears to our mailbag segment. If you are a first-time listener or a long-time listener and you're interested in participating in this mailbag segment, you can do so by following our Pensburg podcast Twitter account. Uh, every week we will ask for your participation in this segment, and we'd always love to know what the listeners are thinking about and what they have questions about. So, Robbie, as always, uh, these questions, I might add, uh, these questions are from last week's mailbag uh, that were submitted questions, but due to the time constraints we had with our guest from last week's episode, uh, I shifted these mailbag questions to this week's mailbag segment. So, Robbie, uh, as always, like I was saying, you get first crack at the mailbag segment. Brian Pope, a.k.a. Uh, Brian, I should say Brian, a.k.a. Pope Darth Maul the first. He, he wants to know, my expectations for this Penguins team are pretty low this season. Even though management says it's not a rebuild, it feels like we are in one. With the low expectations, do you think Coach Sullivan is not under as much pressure to win and his job is more secure as a result? I don't believe his job is in danger, regardless of what the situation the Penguins are in. I think that he has the full support of the front office and the fan base, and I think he's one of the best coaches in the game. That being said, less pressure, as long as 87 and 71 are around, which I believe I've said this before, the expectation is success. This is not a rebuild, a full rebuild. There may be, I can't even really get the feeling that there's a mini rebuild going on. I think maybe they did that the uh, first year of the Jim Rutherford regime back in 2015. I think uh, you saw a mini rebuild there, getting rid of James Mill, bringing in Patrick Hornquist, just kind of tinkering the roster as much as possible without going full rebuild and trading away major pieces uh, just to make uh, minimal gains. Um, I do not get the feeling that this is any kind of rebuild. Uh, they are not currently doesn't seem like they're trying to restock the system or the roster they're just going with the flow and going with what they can afford and it's tough right now with pandemic financial restrictions a salary cap that hasn't moved uh, in almost two years and may move minimally next offseason so as for Sullivan I do not believe he's under any more pressure I believe the expectations are just the same. That is, be competitive, make the playoffs, and make a run in the Stanley Cup. Whether or not that's realistic, given what the Penguins have in the ice, is a different discussion. But from a Penguins perspective, from a front office, front office perspective, the goal and the expectations remain the same as they have, have been since 2005, 2004, 2005. Um, when Crosby came into the league, and that is be competitive and make runs at Stanley Cups. And until 87 and 71 are off the roster and they do go into a full obvious rebuild, those are going to be the expectations. And that's just how it's going to be, and that's just how it has to be uh, 
because you can't waste what talent is left. Uh, you can't waste the final years of 87, 71, and 58. If you are, then you might as well just trade them. So that's where you go into a rebuild, and the Penguins have no plans on uh, trading, at the very least, Sidney Crosby, and it doesn't look like they're going to be trading Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang uh, anytime soon either. So uh, the expectations and pressure on Sullivan remain the same as they were since he stepped into the role six years ago. Will they change once he, if he's still here when the Penguins are no longer a true Stanley Cup contender? Then, then yes, they will. But until then, the expectation is win. That's it. Uh, question two from also from last week come from Tony Nikunin. Uh, is Marcus Pedersen's future? How do you see it? Can he develop into a first pairing player? I'm not sure if Pedersen at this point in his career being 24, 25 years old, I'm not sure if he can make that jump to a bona fide uh, full-time first-pairing defenseman. Uh, Let me pull up Pedersen's stats here. Uh, Right now through eight games, he does have a goal and three assists for four points. He's a plus seven. And looking at his advanced metrics, advanced possession metrics, he is a 55.7 Corsi 4 percentage and a 54 uh, Fenwick 4 percentage. Those are pretty major bumps when comparing to comparing it to last season, his age 24 season when he finished. Uh, he played in 47 games and finished with a 48.7 Corsi 4 percentage and a 49, uh, 49.6 Fenwick 4 percentage. Again, those are possession metrics. And again, this data is largely skewed because Pedersen has only played in eight games so far compared to last season's 47. Uh, but seeing a little bit more offense from Pedersen's game and an increase in these possession metrics, uh, it's certainly, he's certainly more noticeable on the ice in, in a positive sense of the word. Uh, I think what you're, you're going to get from Pedersen is largely what has been advertised throughout his Penguins tenure. He's not going to be flashy. He'll give you an odd goal every now and again. He's more of your standard defensive defenseman. And I know he did become the scapegoat last season, a large chunks during the season, and he was the one player in the offseason that many thought, well, we have to shed his contract, his $4 million contract, to free up some salary cap space. That obviously did not happen. Pedersen still remains firmly a part of this team. So will he transform and blossom into a full-timer alongside someone like Chris Letang? I don't personally see it uh, at this point in his career. What he is is what he is. And that's not not an insult to Pedersen. Plenty of guys in this league have made their living being steady, stay-at-home defensive defensemen who will chip in uh, offensively here and there, but his primary responsibility and what he's most comfortable with is obviously uh, watching his own end. He's not going to jump up in the play too frequently to contribute that much offensively. So top four, top six, solid all-around defenseman. Does he make a little bit too much money for his role? Uh, that's a conversation for for a different day. Uh, you could some, some could say yes, some could say no. It's right in line with other defensemen around the league. But yeah, Marcus Pedersen is what he is, uh, an inoffensive, steady defensive defenseman. And Robbie, before we wrap it up, I, I know I only included two questions on the outline. There was one additional question that I did miss from 
longtime mailbag contributor, Cole Del Vecchio, and uh, he wanted to ask this. Do you think the less experienced Penguins players being pushed into bigger roles, a la Pio Joseph, early can hurt or help their development? I think it can be an either-or because, I mean, if he goes in there and succeeds and thrives in a bigger role, that's obviously going to boost his confidence and it's going to help his skill set. On the other hand, if he struggles and uh, in that bigger role, that can really damage his confidence and damage uh, how the front office thinks about him. So I think it's a double-edged sword kind of deal with uh, a guy like P.O. Joseph especially. Um, We saw it with Jake Gensel as well. He came in when he was a rookie, um, and he was stepped into that first-line role, Sidney Crosby, and uh, boom, automatic chemistry, and now look at him. He's going to be – he scored 40 goals. I I think it's a double-edged sword. If he steps in there and excels at in the greater role, then he could easily take that next step and become a legitimate top-pairing defenseman, perhaps for the Penguins. Whereas if it goes south and he doesn't perform well, it could do a lot of damage to his confidence and hurt uh, his trajectory. So it's a double-edged sword, but I mean, right now the Penguins aren't, they're in a beggars can't be choosers situation. So they may have to just um, put him in there and uh, hope that he can excel and um, they reap the benefits of it even farther down the line. All right, that will do it for that. We'll wrap up the mailbag segment here, and that will wrap up this edition of the Pensburg podcast. Uh, probably a little bit shorter in nature than what you're typically accustomed to, but again, that comes down to the lack of game action and uh, the one of the more breaking news stories that the penguin concerning the Penguins is the recent surge in, in COVID. So again, that is something that we will continue to monitor over at Pensburg.com. So. Uh, for Robbie Noggle, I have been Garrett Bahanna. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pensburg Podcast, and we will catch you guys next week.